Blog Talk Radio. Oh, let's start off by breathing. We are here, and it is time to take a breath, for real. It's already been a busy morning for Dr. Charlie Cartwright and me. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm all right. I'll tell you one thing. we got a lot of people in our culture right now who are not feeling their freedoms. They've been... And we just started talking about this right before we went on the air. They've been living, we've all been living our lives all these years, right? And then all of a sudden, slam. You can't go out. You can't go out without your face covered. You, da, 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 da. And there's fear-mongering, and there's chaos and uncertainty. And then you come home, or you're staying at home, and your partner is there. They're starting to look ugly. <laughs> I never noticed these things about you before, but let me tell you now. And I'm getting calls from people saying, you know, it's just this person I'm with is just sickening. <laughs> it is horrifying. I mean, I'm only laughing because it's so prevalent. And, and, and being here with you right now, you're sitting outside. I'm sitting in the peace and serenity of my office. It's like, We need a good talk about Freedom Friday today because people are so locked in. You know, Charlie, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these couples, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm looking at them on Zoom, and just their whole nonverbal, you know, it's like they sit this far apart, you know, and then they're sitting closer together, and they're uptight, and, you know, it takes about an hour and I get them to soften and then they start to remember oh yeah I remember that nose that now looks huge once looked adorable you know and people are having a hard time by the way this is your host Dr. Deb Carlin I'm here with my co-host Dr. Charlie Cartwright this is the K factor where K equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it and one of the factors that we're talking about today that leads to kindness is the energy between Dr. Charlie and I and the way in which we are committed, not just to kindness, but to this theme of freedom, freedom of all your civil rights, freedom of all your human rights, and freedom for you, in you, in your mind, which influences everything about your life and your perceptions of freedom or lack thereof. Man, oh, man. Wow. So, Charlie, you're doing your dashboard cam <laughs> in your car. You're doing it every day, aren't you? I do it. I, you know, I need to do it every day, actually, because I'm realizing that, that I'm starting to have people wait for it. And then I'll, I'll put up a traditional post, say, with an image and a quote and then an explanation, you know, philosophical explanation, and I get the frown faces. Oh, that's here. This is fine, but <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> you know, in a, in a really nice way, and I've gotten it enough where I'm like, okay, uh, this is a, a big deal, and it's, it's pretty cool. I have a couple people that follow me in Berlin, Germany. Really? So first thing in the morning, I get these, I'll get it messages. Hey, my daughter, I really love this dash cam, and my daughter liked your your your, your shirt. 
because I'll typically wear a shirt with a saying on it or something. So I'm like, that's really neat that someone on the other side of the world is watching with their child. Yes. Right. That's a that's a big deal. So yeah, it's been it's been great. So I've um, I was just thinking as we were getting ready for the show this morning. Because last week, you know, we talked about my big cup. Yeah, right. And I said it was a metaphor, but I never explained what the metaphor was. And the metaphor is this. You know, we all want good things. We all want blessings, right, Dr. Deb? Yep, all. We can't, we can't, uh... You can't gain five gallons of blessings if we're walking up there with a teacup. You know what I mean? So yeah. if we want five gallons of blessings, we need to come, we need to have a five-gallon bucket of capacity, yeah. right? And so it's all about raising our capacity. And so opening up your capacity opens up freedom, okay? And, and not accepting that, hey, I can get a bigger cup. Yeah. I can take on more joy. And all of this discord that's going around I don't have to participate in that now do I have to follow the laws and regulations and things like that absolutely but I'm flat refusing to participate in the chaos right meanwhile I'm expanding my capacity for joy expanding my capacity for kindness expanding my capacity for gratitude I mean it's August in Kansas. It's usually miserably hot and humid, and we've been having, like, beautiful fall weather. Right. I mean, I'm outdoors. It's, 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 it's great. Yeah. So, it's in the 70s. You can move about freely. Freely. Yeah. Freely. And so it's, it's really about maximizing those things, and uh, instead of focusing on what we don't have what do we have and what we do have is so much more significant than what we don't have meanwhile we can work on those things right with our legislators we can go to the voting booth right in november and 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 grab some of those things back i think but but uh in the meantime what about expansion instead of contraction what about expanding our capacity to enjoy our environment, enjoy our surroundings, enjoy our family, our friends, and this life that we have. I love that you're saying that because one of the things that I find myself talking about this week, this you know week that we've just come to, come through, people are not allowing themselves. You know, for a while the lockdown comes and you're tired anyway, and and you're afraid of being sick and you think, well, okay, so I'll lay in bed a little later. I'm going to take a nap this afternoon. I'm going to watch movies tonight. And, and, you know, you can do the incubation thing for a little while and then you start to get nutty about it. And then you think, well, maybe I should redo the house. Maybe I should do this. So then there's projects that can keep you busy for a while. But it seems like in this last month, people are starting to get really restless and see, even though things are opening up, there's this, uh, anger and irritation, irritability, and and people are not doing exactly what you just suggested, which is a brilliant thing to have said. How about we enjoy walking outside? I mean, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. All right, not if you're in California, places on fire. 
I'm sorry for everybody where there's trauma and drama with the weather in addition to everything else. But wherever it is that we are. So if you're in California and you're in the fire and you're evacuating from there, God bless you. We'll all say prayers. But be grateful as you're in your vehicle and you're driving to safety and what that looks like. I mean, we really have got to do that mind flip like at the snap of the fingers in order to have freedom in our thoughts. Otherwise, we get so locked down. And, and yeah, it, thank you for the way that you put that because I could feel it as you were describing expansion of joy, expansion of kindness, and allowing those things in. We have to allow them in. Exactly. And it's interesting, too, that we can't accept other people's their definition of what we can be or, or not be. We can't, we can't do that. So I'm going to, because we, when we let other people define our reality, it's, uh, it's, um, it's so restrictive, and we're actually giving away our freedom. So I just sent you a text, Dr. Deb. And so take a look at that bad boy. You get it? <laughs> that bad boy. <laughs> I did get it. Okay. okay so me, oh, me. are you kidding me? Is this yours? Yeah, so let me explain the story behind that before you let the listeners know what I just sent you. So my mother is still alive, and so my sister and her husband got a house and moved my mother in with Nice. And so they had to move, and then my and then my, <clears throat> my mother had to move. And so my sister was like, yeah, you know, let's talk to these movie companies, and blah, 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 get run around. And I'm just, and so I was like, you know what, I'll do it. I'll do it. You, you're 56 years old. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. My sister, I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, well, first I was going to do it on Thursday, Friday. Then I was like, you know, I have time for that. <laughs> so I'm going to do old houses on Thursday. It'd be a long day. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so what did I just send you? Yeah. You sent me, what app is that on? It's this little heart, it's this little health app that comes on your iPhone. Okay. And so keep your iPhone with you, it tracks all this. By the way, my phone was on a charger yesterday for about an hour, so it missed an hour of data. So it missed about about 10 flights of stairs and probably about 2,500 steps. But anyway, so what did I send you? You sent me, now this is really pretty groovy. At uh at at 5.30 a.m., sleep analysis. She slept for four hours and 21 minutes. <clears throat> at 7.44 p.m., it says, you had climbed, number of flights climbed. There's a flame next to it. <laughs> 83 floors. There's a flame next to where it says, walking plus running distance, 12 miles, 12.9 miles. Those at the same time. This is at 7.44 and 7.46 p.m. And then here's the kicker to this. You're 37. You're not 56. Don't give me that. The number of hot flaming steps, 30,309. <laughs> yeah. Doing 10,000 is like the goal. And I was carrying stuff. Oh, my gosh. Right? The whole time. And so... It's just this expansion, like, I'm not, 
By the time my father was 56, he was an old man. Yeah. In his mind. Yeah. And then our mind, right, materializes in our body. And I'm like, oh, I'll go down that gym. There's a gym, the local gym that I lift at, work out at. It's about, it's probably about three miles from here. I'll go there this morning and pick up that whole gym if I want to, right? <laughs> so, but it's my mindset. And yeah. then in this, I recognize that, hey, I need to improve my cardio. I got a little tired, you know, towards the end of the day. And I need to improve my cardio. I need to focus on that. So my cardio is actually going to get better as a result of this. Hallelujah. But again, it's expanding. I'm not shrinking with age. I'm expanding in wisdom yeah. and what my body and mind are capable of doing. Now, will there come a day when my body is no longer able to sustain me on this planet? Yep. But that's three three decades from now. Thank you. Okay. Actually, maybe five. It could be five. A lifetime for that. So yeah. I'm good. Right. You know, I have to tell you, this is a beautiful topic for us today because we're talking, I started out by talking about, about couples and, and, you know, these couples are just doing battle. It's so sad. And, you know, I can work them through it and, you know, guide them and educate them about relationships and communication and all that. But the truth of the matter is they're taking precious time and blowing it and burning through it. And I'm sitting here talking about life and longevity. Now you're talking about exactly the topic. Let's expand ourselves into life and be youthful. I don't think about my age. I, I, you know, when, when people say something about my age, I'm glad to say people usually think I'm younger. But I don't take insult that I'm in my 60s. You know, I... I think it's called the Sage Sexy Sixties. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I went on a public platform in my in my forties. I said, "Okay, I'm just telling you, I've entered the decade of the fabulous forties." And then I I entered the fifties, and I said, "It's the really faith-filled fit fifties." And then they said, "What are you gonna do for the next decade?" And I said, "Oh, I've got a plan." So I walked out and I and I said, "Okay." This is the sexy 60s, except now there's sage wisdom to guide me. <laughs> so it's going to be the serenity 70s. You know, I'm, I, I look at each decade of our life as a new opportunity for us to get into better shape financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And, and I can't tell you how many people who I've grown up with who for over a decade have been talking about retirement for over a decade have been talking about the different parts of their body that they have to have surgically altered, you know, just, and, and, you know, what they say as well, I guess I'm getting old. Oh my Lord. Do you say that about your car? Well, I guess my car is just getting rusted. Guess you know, that's what happens if you don't take care of it. <clears throat> Why are we taking better care of ourselves? When we do that, we abandon freedom completely. The only way that you really feel old is if your body and your mind can no longer support you because you haven't supported them. Ta-da. So true. So true. So I did miss, misspeak there. It would be four plus decades because my goal was age 100. 
And so after age 100, I feel, feel like every day is a gift beyond that. But if I do my part, I should make it to, to, uh, to age 100 and make it there with some, some style, make it there with some flair, make it there with some high level of uh, functionality. I'm really big on I am statements, right? Yeah. And I knew that I would, you know, you lose lose a lot of fluid yesterday I, even though I was drinking tons of Gatorade yeah just you lose a lot of fluid it's hard to replace it and uh so one of my I am statements is I am 225 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal that's one of my <laughs> so I stepped on the scale last night after I got out of the shower you know what I weigh what 220, 225 <laughs> oh my gosh whoa yeah I was Right on the head, 225. Completely so, consistent. It's amazing. It's it's our our body follows the mind, not vice versa. Yeah, right. Our body's a slave to our mind, and that's a good thing if we treat it well here. Then it manifests physically everywhere else. So it's interesting. I remember this was Bob Proctor actually. There's a video. And he said, hey, do you, do you want to know what you think about most, what's most on your mind, what's heaviest on your mind? You just take a look around. He said, "You've man, this, this is a manifestation of your thought world. Look around. Look at your friends. Look at your family. Look at your home. Look at all your relationships, your career. Look around. Yeah. That's what you've manifested. And he said, the beauty is you can change it if you like. Improve it. Or maybe you saw already rock star. Well, make it more rock star. But it's it's an amazing thing to understand that. Then all of a sudden you realize the weight of responsibility that you have, the ownership that you have, and the uh, capacity that you have to expand and increase. So that's uh, it's a it's such a valuable lesson. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I've been I've been roaming around in this home of mine and thinking to myself. I mean, we all we all take turns doing this. I'm so lonely. I'm here by myself. I don't know what to do with myself today. I know I should do this. I should do that. Then I I look around. I mean, I don't do this for very long. It's a matter of moments as I'm walking through the place. And then I think to myself, wait a second. Isn't this one of your dreams come true? Isn't, isn't this, didn't you always want that and that? And don't you love the way that you set this up and this up and this up and this up? And aren't you getting ready to receive people as, as our culture opens up again? And aren't you going to be so proud to have people come here? And then, you know, look inside of your kitchen and the ways in which you've got healthy foods and, you know, you're doing all these things that are really good. Look at this great bathtub. Look at this wonderful shower. Look at the view out the windows. You know, this, I manifested this. I wanted this. And I didn't just, I didn't make it happen. I thought it. And then I allowed it. I Mm. believed it. Because people say, I don't know how to manifest. You've been manifesting your whole life. Yes, you do. But as soon as you think something, you go, oh, no, I couldn't do that. All right. Then you couldn't. But if you if you if you believe it, those I am statements are so powerful, right? I am. 
your sister's saying, I don't know, you know, how can you do that? You're going, oh, I am. <laughs> I am strong. I am powerful. I am so ready. This move is happening. So, by the way, going back to that just for a second, I got to hear the comedic relief. What was the reaction from everybody when you were done? <laughs> yeah, it was a big wow, right? Like, I, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and and so it, it's interesting. And I think it made me feel good. I for sure because you know you you people say things and they're always going to say things. And in your mind, you're like, wait a minute, no, this is this is who I am. This is what I do, and I'm not in comparison to anyone else. Um, but yeah, there was a there was a wow factor there for sure. And I know that it, it kind of showed me that hey, I need to raise my heart rate yeah. uh, during the week more often than I do to elevate it. And uh, so that, that showed like an opportunity to improve, but did so many great things yesterday. I want to focus on that and expand yeah. that and not focus on, well, you know, your cardio, well, you know, uh, your electrolyte balance. And, no, uh, and your core strength, those are all things that I'm improving in, but I like recognizing those things. And we don't, I think, Dr. Bev, sometimes we don't recognize we have a deficiency until we push ourselves. Yeah. Right? So push yourself with your with your body and say, oh, I need to sleep more. So that night I didn't get enough sleep because um, I was up doing stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, just up doing stuff, not, <laughs> and not, it wasn't that I was, of playing video games or anything, which that's doing stuff too, but yeah. but I was up, you know, doing working. And uh, I said, well, I'll get this. I'll get some extra sleep this weekend. And I think really just focusing on those things when we push ourselves a little bit in our relationships, push, pushing it. Like, hey, how can I get closer? How can I improve uh, upon this? And anytime we push ourselves, it'll expose areas of opportunity for us to improve. But if we don't ever push the envelope, we'll never know what we're capable of and how much more we can expand. I would have never dreamed a decade ago that I'd be doing all the things that I'm doing now and uh, all the connections and the impact. It's amazing how much more fulfilling my life is than, than it was. And I thought my life was pretty good back then, but I had no idea there's levels to all of this and opening up to humanity and, and conversations and, and people challenge, challenging things. That's fine too. Cause I don't want to walk around this world with false beliefs. If yeah. someone brings a belief of mine that, that's not accurate, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm happy because I want to, I want to change it. I want to be authentic and true. So we just, we just have to be willing to put ourselves out there a little bit. And I think, uh, when you push yourself a little bit, you get more comfortable with pushing yourself a little bit, right? And you make it a part. Kind of like when I give uh, presentations, Dr. Deb, it may be a familiar topic, yep. but I always, at least at minimum, 10% of that content is brand new. I haven't spoken in front of an audience. Yeah. And, then I, and I'm testing it. If it flops, well, why did it flop, right? Or, hey, that was a good point, but I didn't understand this. And so I keep massaging it until I get it right. But I'm always testing the water every time. Well, if you had 10 minutes 
of new content every time you go out on the stage. After six presentations, you got a you got brand you got a, an hour of brand new material. Right. And you just doing that and doing that, and it really adds up over time. So that's 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 one of the processes I've discovered in all this. I um I always do that as well. I don't want to ever go out there. I remember being in college, and I had this one professor who would come into the room wearing his same jacket I think he'd worn since he got his tenure, you know, which was like who knows how many decades before. And it was I I enjoyed school always, but he came in the room. He opened up this third cut file folder that was raggedy and he had these raggedy handwritten yellow pages but they weren't written on yellow paper they had tinged over the years and I thought this has got to be boring for you this has got to be boring for you there's nothing that you've done to refresh yourself or your material I mean you know why why do we ever think that we have the right? And, you know, this is actually, it's funny because this is one, a handful of thoughts here. Why do we ever think that we have the right in front of our audience as a speaker or in front of a class as an educator to go in and not, not put a lot of thought into what are we going to say, who's our audience, and how can I move and help them? And, by the way, with your loved one, what makes you think that you don't need to get fresh material <laughs> right. and be interesting, you know? I mean, I don't think people should ever cheat on each other. However, you know, you got to figure out the ways that you're wondering just because you're married or you said, I love you. It, you know, like going back to the couples at the beginning of this call, just because you're married and you've said it's going to be forever and I love you and this is it doesn't mean that you don't have to do things. I mean, familiarity is great, but you don't have to do things to be surprising and, and to light somebody's eyes up and, and, and turn their head in another direction. You know how there's couples that, you know, they can't do anything without the other because something might happen. They might stray. Well, how about if you guys go off and do your own things and bring something fresh back to that, that union? Bring something fresh back into the home. And even right now, we've all got the freedom to do exploration. If you can't leave your house or don't want to leave your house, you can go on the Internet. You can go through old magazines. You can do a thousand different things to entertain yourself. The idea that anybody is bored, I have never understood that. What do you mean you're bored? you got the universe in your skull. All you have to do is is wander around. Just climb inside your head and start taking a walk. Well, where are you going to walk to? Well, see if you can walk back to when you were in your crib. See if you can go back to high school. See if you can go to kindergarten. See if you can envision what you're going to be on your 100th birthday. You know, and who's going to be there? By the way, if you're afraid that a lot of people who you love are are not going to be beside you, well, then figure out how you're going to take really good care of yourself and recruit them into the wellness program so they'll be there with you and get younger friends. <laughs> so you have a mix, right? So interesting. I remember uh, an interview with Gary Player 
and he was on how old was that man? I want to say he was pushing eighty, and he was in the body issue on uh, ESPN. The body issue. I don't know. They they take pictures of these athletes, and they're they're mostly nude, but they're covered in a very yeah. artistic way. Yeah. And they're just doing the various bodies, the art of it. So I want to say he was close to eighty years old. Yeah. And he's body issue. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked great, right? And so then I saw an interview with him, and he was preparing some food. And he said that when he was, on, he was a big PGA, uh, really good professional golfer, and he said he's on tour, he said a lot of the golfers used to make fun of him. Really? Because of his workout routine and the way he ate and all this. He said, yeah, they're all dead now. Oh, my. Right? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You don't need it. Oh, why are you? Yeah. Yeah. He's still enjoying his life at a high level because he took care of himself. He expanded his knowledge, right? He didn't he didn't come out of the womb with that knowledge. He expanded his knowledge of the human body and how to take care of himself. And not only did he play well, he had a great career, he gave himself longevity, but now he can enjoy the fruit of his labor yeah. for decades after he after he no longer plays professional. So so many people work their whole life and what's the life expectancy after retirement it's only a few years yeah it's a small window yeah it's what's your whole life you can retire and then you're going to be on the planet for three more years that's not i don't i don't like that man i don't like it either and i don't understand that i don't understand that whole concept of retirement i mean it really i thought you were retiring when you're going to make night night I'm going to go retire now, you know, for a matter of hours, not for the rest of your life. I just, the spark of life and learning and having a mission and a purpose and figuring out how to learn more and give more and serve more. I I mean, seriously, I, I was, uh, there was a there was a lull, believe it or not, in my work. There was actually a lull during some of this corona insulation. And I thought, and I would talk to people, and they'd be saying, hey, um, you, you must be, like, really busy off the chart with phone calls. And I was kind of embarrassed to say a couple of times, yeah, no, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think my phone is, I don't think my phone is broken. I mean, we're on the phone, right? We're, so it's working. So I got plants. I got house plants because I needed something to really nurture. Then I went and I got a fish. I got Mr. Flurfy. <laughs> I got a little beta fish. You know, they're like two inches long and they have fins that are like chiffon. And these little fish, they call them Siamese fighting fish, but they're they're just little. You put them in a you know just a regular round bowl. I mean, you could put them in an aquarium. I have them in a round bowl on top of my dining room table, hoisted up about eight inches. So I sit there, and I can see them. And so I have company at the table. <laughs> and and I, it's amazing. I feel so much better having this fish. Now, listen to this. This is so funny. Talk about going from lockdown in your thoughts to freedom in your thoughts. So I go wafting through my home. And I come through the hallway, I go through the den, I walk through the living room, and it's a very open 
atmosphere here. You know, the rooms are all pretty open to one another. And as I am walking through, this little fish, she's in the dining room, so he's three rooms over. He, I can see him swimming to my side of the bowl because he's excited to see me. Now, people think this is funny, but I've actually videotaped it. <laughs> and I get over there, and his little friends, it's like just chiffon wiggling around in the water. And, and so I call him Flirt because I wanted to call him Fluffy, but I thought it sounded too feminine. I didn't want to rob him of machismo. So sometimes I'll get formally... Uh, formal with him, and I'll say, Mr. Flurk, how are you today? And he starts to flutter around, and I call him Flurky. Do you know, I put my hand up to the bowl, and I, and I like, will take just a couple fingers, and he will rub his body against the, the curve of the bowl to make the contact with me. And if I, if I take my hand and just take a couple of fingers, because I, I think my hand might be a little intimidating over the whole thing, I'll just take a couple of my fingers and rub them over the bowl. He chases it. And it's just like, not really chasing it, but he's like right there with me. Like we're taking a little glide together. It is the sweetest thing. And you know what it does for me? It makes me feel like something needs me. And then my whole sense of purpose comes back again. And then I feel happy. And then I'm nurturing my plants. I've got herbs and palm trees and Shefflerin, you know, things that fly geraniums, and and I love that. I've got my garden inside my home, and it makes me feel like I have a purpose. I can't imagine not having all that. I mean, I remember being here thinking, holy bejeez, I'm the only thing in this place that's breathing. There's no plants here. There's no animals here. really freaked me out. I think I saw the walls start to, you know. Inhale and exhale. <laughs> we need that vibrance in our life forever. And then I think about all the old people. I mean, what do you mean old people? What does old mean? Great. Like an old shoe? <laughs> you're comfortable or you're garbage? I, I mean, I don't know what it means. I think we've done ourselves a big service, disservice. Right. It's true. And it's been a societal thing, and and it's just recognizing some of those paradigms and making a shift out of them. And I and I recognize that this some of the things we're talking to fly in the face of traditional thinking. Yeah. But I don't want traditional outcomes. And people that get non-traditional outcomes do things that fly in the face of traditional thinking. And so when you logically look at it that way and say, oh, wow, that's true, then you start to expand and what else is new? What don't I know? What is possible for me? I had experience a couple of months ago. I was on a boat in high school, 1980, and hadn't been on a boat since. Well, that's 40 years ago. Yeah. Okay. A friend of mine was like, yeah, we're going out on the lake, you know, got this pontoon boat. Invited me in, so good friend. I, I, I said, okay, I'll go. I'm not a big swimmer. I've got so much muscle mass that I need to. That's one of the things I need to get to one of these days is to retake the swimming lessons, get more comfortable in the water. So there. So anyway, I'm here with some close friends. They're like, well, you know, if you want to put that life jacket on, it's fine. And I'm like, well, I got it next to me. I'm good. I'll 
trust me, I need to get it on, it'll be on quickly. So <laughs> don't worry. Okay, it's comfortable, you're fine. Yeah. But I heard all these people talking about the boat and being on the water. And I got to tell you, that was, we spent about three hours on this huge lake in Lake Southern Missouri. And they've got restrictions on horsepower and no jet skiing and water skiing and all these things. So the water right. is very cold. Uh, clean. And clean. And then, they, yeah. you know, there's like a grill on this boat. So you like grilled wow. burgers and dogs. And it was one of the most relaxing evenings I've ever had. Really? And I was like, okay, we got to get one of these. One of these. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's a lure. But it was something that I just, ah. I'm not a water person. That's not what I do. I never could understand it. Oh. It was a beautiful evening. I was like, okay, now I get it. Yeah. And it was just so calm. I could have fallen asleep. Yeah. On that on that boat. And uh, but it's, again, it's expanding. Like all these years that I hadn't participated in in water sports at all, and and to to be out there like that and really take in the the scenery because I love to be outdoors. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the vistas, and then of course we're out there, and the stars are coming out. I mean, it was a, it's a beautiful thing, and you're talking about calming. Your tranquility is just at a at a maximum in that situation. So again, there's so many things out there that we might we might say scoff at. Oh, I don't do that, or well, have you tried it? Yeah. There's another one on the flip side. Here's one on the flip side when we the exact opposite of this when we get back to being able to return return to yeah i used to make fun of nascar play. <laughs> make fun of i just go in circles let's go in circles <laughs> so a friend of mine was working in television and he he uh was working nascar races at the time and he invited me he gave me a couple of things yeah today come out i'll get you a pit pass and you check it out and check the race out. Right. So I was like, you know, again, friend extended. Right. I'm going to go out there. I got to see him. And he gives me the stuff. So we have to go into the cold pit and, and our, you can get three feet from that car. Wow. So going to be on the track. So that was cool to see the cars. Oh, my gosh. Then they walk you across the track. And I was with a friend, and we were both like, you know, we're bored, man. We'll just leave. You know, he won't know we left. Oh, no. You know. Yeah, you know, if it gets boring, that's what we kept telling ourselves. <clears throat> so we walk across the track, get in the stands. Cars, you know, they do the announcements, the introductions. Cars get out there, and they're warming up. <clears throat> and I tell you what, they came around for the for the green flag. Yeah. They dropped the flag. And those cars go, they come up to speed. Yeah. There's some car. I get chills thinking about it, Dr. Devin. They go down, they pass that first time. Wow. Wow. And I always tell people, go to a race, and when they go by on the first lap, if you're not hooked, go home. Yeah, wow. But everybody I've ever taken goes, <laughs> driving 200 miles an hour, and they're 12 crazy. inches apart. Oh, my it's, gosh. There's 40 of them. Wow. I mean, it's incredible, because if you have to kind of follow the cars from a distance, because if you focus on a piece of the track yeah. and you're going to watch it when they go by, yeah. it's a blur. Wow. A blur. They're driving that fast. But for human beings to navigate that, it's incredible what they can do. 
Those are athletes, let me tell you. You know what? And they are. I never thought of that, but they oh are. My God, they're in that vehicle. And their brain, they're like a fighter pilot, basically, for what they can process that quickly because they have to process it. So it's amazing what they do, and so I really have a great appreciation for that sport. And television, as many cameras and things, they just cannot do it justice. When you get there and see it, it's, it's, it's a sight to behold. And, uh, and again, a lot of our safety features on the vehicles we drive every day came from NASCAR. It's amazing. Isn't it funny? I never thought of NASCAR as being a sport mm-hmm. until you just described it. Mm-hmm. But they have got the athletic mind that nimble, really. The, now, think about it. This will sound like an oxymoron. Freedom of thought, freedom of mind to be able to focus that that, that tightly. And focus for that way for a couple of hours. Great. Oh that level, it's incredible what they what they're able to do. So, How many hours are they in there though? It's more than a couple hours. It's like a lot of hours. So it's interesting the the laps. So they run so many laps. Usually, I think it's a couple of hours roughly in a race. But the interesting thing about the laps is once the cars start, every lap counts. Wow. So even if they have caution laps, there's still laps towards the race. And uh, so they run, you know. 500 miles or 400 miles, whatever that is, depending on the size of the track, that's yeah. where we're going to So, when I like the super speedways where the tracks are bigger, so the speeds are higher. With fewer laps, the speeds are higher. Um, so, it, it, it's incredible, but I think it's just something for people to experience that. And very fan, fan-friendly sport. You know, they really try to get the fans involved. And so, it's a really neat, neat deal. I've I've uh, I've been to a few tracks and and you know it's not a it's not a very diverse crowd yeah right but I've never had an issue ever not one so people there to people there to see the race you know yeah yeah that's you, exactly you just, you just there, you're you're a race fan right <laughs> well I'll tell you what there's a great movie called Ford and Ferrari. Oh, I've heard it's good. Oh, it is fabulous. And, you know, you get into the mindset of everybody there, and the cars are phenomenal. And that part's really exciting. But I'm watching this thing, and I was glued to it. There's scenes where you are in the car with the driver, and you're seeing what he's seeing and going into this zone that you have to get in in order to sustain that intensity, that high level of speed, like you say, being how many inches away from the car next to you. Now, I like to drive fast. However, when I'm on the highway and I'm driving really fast, like I go between Chicago and St. Louis a lot, it's about a four-hour trip. Some people would say legally it's a five-hour trip. (laughs) Depends on the speed limit. So I always think it says 80. The, uh, the, the, way, the way that I do it, when I drive really fast, I actually, I love it, but I can't sustain it. My, you know, the intensity that you have to have to be so watchful of everything coming on the road. Because, you, you know, it's like all, you get in the zone and then all of a sudden you realize things are going by really fast. And I need, I, it's like you need to rest your mind. 
And that was part of what they talked about, you know, this thing that happens with your mind in the middle of that. Really fascinating. Yeah, it is. And so I think just really expanding your human experience. There's so many things to experience. It's so neat. I was on a Zoom call. This happened uh, earlier this week, actually. Oh, yeah? I was on a Zoom call, and a hummingbird came behind my head. Oh. So I didn't see it. Oh. My host host said, hey, that was cool. (laughs) That was cool. (laughs) The hummingbird came behind me, flew around. So he got a really big thrill out of it, and of course, he was thrilled, so then I was thrilled, and I didn't even see it. It happened so quickly. And so just little things like that, and that wouldn't have happened if I'd have been taking it, uh, the call from my inside my home or my office, right? right? So it's just really appreciating all those things that um, it's just really neat. I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to move my um... – I love my office, but I think as much Zooming as I'm doing and broadcasting as I'm doing, I've been thinking about this, that I'm going to take my laptop or an iPad and go and go remote, you know, and go to different locations, keep, keep myself refreshed, keep the audience refreshed. I love it that you're sitting outside. I really want to be sitting in your backyard. <laughs> it's amazing. you got a really beautiful, nice-sized yard. It is. It is nice. It's so nice, and it's just, it's just a nice environment. So it's a nice environment. So here's something else interesting. Yeah. Another environment. And so I received an invitation for a podcast in next week. Okay. And so the gal was like, hey, you know, in 32 countries and blah, 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 blah. She says, but hey, I really love your dash cam wisdom. She says, well, I want to do the podcast with you sitting in your car. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, you're like, okay, you know, the same, you know. So yeah. It's be, I haven't done that before. So I love that. Sitting in there and doing the podcast on my car because of dash cam wisdom. So I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> I love that. By the way, one of the things that I've done in my car, I – I was starting to feel self-conscious about it. Like people were maybe thinking I was trapped in my car all the time because I would get in there and on Facebook, I would do a Facebook live. Right. And I've just got the, you know, the camera going and, and part of the time it's on me and part of the time it's the journey that I'm taking. So like I'm doing tours, you know, now look at this. <laughs> and, I, and I always have to say to people, now you'll notice there's not traffic. I'm really being safe. I have both hands on the wheel. So, you know, be not afraid here. But on LinkedIn, how are you doing it? Is there a LinkedIn to make a video? Yeah, so it's interesting on LinkedIn. And so if you go to the YouTube channel, right now I don't have a ton of subscribers yet. So the videos don't have very many views, right? Okay. But LinkedIn doesn't like you putting a link. And that takes people away oh. from the site. The algorithm will take your viewership down and up. Oh. And you have to make the video native to their site. Okay. So I do dash cam video on LinkedIn. I, and so it's native to their site. So people stand it. So those videos typically do <clears throat> a couple thousand views, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. They'll do a couple thousand views. And so, and then I use that same 
and then Facebook very similar. So then I'll yeah I'll post a video, but it's native to Facebook. <clears throat> and then in the comment section, someone someone says, "Hey, I love these dash cam, or where can I see more?" Then I will reply to them. I'll reply with a link to <clears throat> YouTube channel. You know what? It, <clears throat> I'm doing the same thing. There must be something in the universe. What do you call it? Because I'm I'm looking over at the other screen while we're talking, and I'm and I'm doing dash cam. Is it two words? Dash cam. Uh, just one word on YouTube. If you, if you type one word, dash cam wisdom, <clears throat> it'll come up. That's a great dash cam wisdom. Yep. Well, there's um. Are you using, you're not using your phone, or are you using your phone? Yeah, it's actually the phone, it's actually the camera. You know, they came out with this really uh, high-tech camera on the new iPhone. I, the 11, that's what I've got, too. It's amazing. I mean. How do you make it, do you make it do things? Like, the only thing I've noticed that my 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 phone does is that with those three lenses on the back of it, I can do photo or portrait, which I really like. That gives you a really artistic kind of a, a look, right? But yeah. do you set it to something? Yeah, you can. It'll. It can do. It can. It can take three dimensional photographs, time lapse. It's some neat things. And actually, for the backdrop for the dash cam wisdom, if you type in, if you hashtag dash cam wisdom in Google search, it should bring up the that as well. But um, that's where I got the, the banner for it is I did a I did a time lapse. I was just in my car and I did a time lapse and then I selected one of the images from the time lapse that I like and made that the the banner, which is pretty pretty neat. So it has a lot of capabilities and I remember when they were advertising the phone around Christmas time. There was these teenage kids, and they made this little mini short movie, and it was so amazing. And then it said in the the wording underneath, 100% of this footage was shot with this camera. I mean, the iPhone camera. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about high definition, clear. It, it, it's incredible. And so, what people used to have to have all this huge equipment with. Your your phone is capable of. Hey, wait a second. I'm on YouTube. I put in dash cam wisdom. <clears throat> yeah, hashtag it. Hashtag dash cam wisdom. Yeah. Uh, and we've got our episodes are up there. <laughs> oh, nice. Which Thanks. is fun. Oh, here you come. There you go. Oh, I like this. Dr. Charlie Cartwright for Give Him Hope campaign. I yeah, like they they had me as a guest contributor on that, so that was fun too. There's been a lot of fun things come of it, and uh, it's been really it's been really uh, rewarding. And it's so interesting. I put one out the other day on success. I saw it. Request and someone wrote, and that was like I was like, yeah, this is not so great, you know, in my mind, right? Yeah. And then someone wrote me, oh, she's my favorite one. Never know. And so just put out quality content and what is it, you know, beauty's in the eyes of the beholder, right? Yeah. So I was thinking to myself, well, that was okay, but it wasn't great. 
But other times, I think it's awesome and it does 200 views. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, exactly. You never know. 200 views. Then I'm like, oh, that was not very good. 5,000. You know, it's just, it's, it's amazing. So, so <clears throat> your biggest platform has really been LinkedIn. 100%, true. And, and you just every day are putting out some kind of content and looking for people who meet your criteria so that they're people that you're connected with. Try to. And so, like, today, I've been busy, this really busy this week, and so I have people that I follow, and they follow me, and they'll make comments, and I make comments. So I'm kind of feeling guilty because I was so busy yeah. that I wasn't spending a lot of time on there. So today, I don't, don't know that I'll post. But I'm definitely going to make sure I comment on everyone else's. Yeah, right. I'm going to, today is a giving day. And okay, then the last yeah. two weekends I've taken off, I, I'll typically post on the weekends too. But the last two weekends, I'm like, you know, I don't want to think about that today. I just want to enjoy my weekend and things like that. So that was kind of a nice hiatus, but I'll be back posting yeah, uh, right. in the morning. And so it's really fun. And I, I just feel so grateful that people find value and, and sharing a little wisdom and and making things a little bit smoother for us. Cool. I absolutely love that. <laughs> what do you think that the the finale for us in the last five minutes should be for our audience today? What is it that we want to tell them? Find a way. Yeah. To expand your enjoyment of what you do have. Yeah. Find a way to expand what you, your enjoyment of what you do have access to. I like that. And it'll be more than you get to in your lifetime. Yeah. Right? It's going to be more. I mean, right now, there's a really neat bakery that would love you to stop in and pick up some pastries. There's a really neat coffee shop that would love to have you sit down there and grab a cup of joe. Um, there's a really neat little mom and pop restaurant that would love for you to come there and grab some carry out. Yeah. And it'll expand your palate and expand your mind. And, and then you brought a little joy into some people's hearts when you walked in and patronize their staff. I love that. That's perfect. You know, my hope is that <clears throat> what people really get a grip on right snuggled into what you just said is that you are as free as the inside of your mind. And I, I'll tell the story next time about a prisoner of war who was sentenced for 10 months to a standing cell that had four people in it. They each got one corner and there was not enough room to sit down or lay down. It was literally a standing cell. And what he did in his mind to survive it for almost a year. And he was not an athlete. He didn't think he'd live through it. But because of what he did with his mind, boy, did he survive it. And, you know, the world came to know him on the backside of that experience. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, the things that we can go through. Well, Dr. Charlie, this is another episode of our show that we do together called Freedom Fridays with Dr. Charlie Cartwright and Dr. Deb Carlin and friends. It's our pleasure to be here every week. 
We love being here every week. And on that note, we say, Ta, have a wonderful Freedom Friday and a blessed weekend. And we will be back for you here next week. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take care.